Production. My work is there for you. Mary, how does the We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. A radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Roadshow. Turn up your mind. The just-released video from the underside of the drone shows a Russian fighter jet at high speed approaching the drone from behind and dumping a load of fuel on top of it, momentarily disrupting the video transmission. But you can clearly see the rear propeller. A second approach follows, another load of fuel, this time oh, even God. closer. And the drone's camera feed is then lost for about 60 seconds. When the video returns, you see the propeller again, damaged, bent by that close pass. One of 19 passes over oh. a 30-minute period before the drone crashed into the sea. Dangerous and reckless and unprofessional behavior. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announcing a rare call with his Russian counterpart, the first since October, delivering a strong message. And the United States will continue to fly and to operate wherever international law allows. It is incumbent upon Russia to operate as military aircraft in a safe and professional manner. Huh. Which was now clearly not the case in this incident with those multiple reckless passes. A U.S. Air Force official said they do not think the pilot hit the drone on purpose, hmm. saying the Russian pilot was simply incompetent and flat-out dumb. Despite the video evidence, Russia denies the fighter jet collided with the drone, but is now searching the area where it crashed. An official telling ABC News the Russians have recovered some pieces, but Joint Chiefs Chairman Milley says he is not worried. It probably broke up. Uh, there's probably not a lot to recover, frankly. Uh, as far as uh, the loss of anything of sensitive uh, intelligence, etc., uh, as normal, we would take uh, and we did take uh, mitigating measures. Uh, so we are quite confident that whatever, uh, whatever was of value is no longer of value. That's because the drone operators did have some control over the drone even after the collision, and they were able to remotely scrub the sensitive material. And even if the Russians recover a good portion of it, it will be inoperable. Unbelievable. That, that is just so disgusting. You know, they're, they're using every word except drunk, okay? They're using every word under the sun. They're saying unsafe, unprofessional, it was reckless, it was dangerous, it was, uh, you know, uh, the pilots, uh, you know, just uh, made an error, they, they erred. They're, they're just drunk monkeys is what it is. And now we have information uh, from the Pentagon reporter, Courtney Kuby, who's saying to us that this particular mission, this 19 times of dumping fuel on an American American uh, drone in inter international waters was uh, green-lighted at the highest levels of the Kremlin. Highest levels of the Kremlin. What could that possibly mean? What could that mean, everybody? What could that mean? It means Russia is a world heavyweight champion liar. It means that Russia is being aggressive. It means Russia is trying to uh, lure us into a, uh, a fight. It, it, you know, I mean, it's so obvious. Either that or, you know, Russia ha is, is down at the, the, the bottom of the basement when it comes to uh, picking pilots. I, I don't know which it is, but either one is not a good thing. Either one is like super, super not good. <laughs> Just saying. So uh, yesterday they told us uh, over at the Pentagon, Lloyd Austin told us and uh, Mark Milley told us that there was video 
And lo and behold, this morning on Good Morning America, there was video. So somebody here is telling the truth about what happened, and somebody is lying their asses off. And um, hmm, the pressure of the name, the pressure of Putin, the, the, the freaking Kremlin, okay? Russia are world heavyweight champion liars. They have never told the truth to their own people, let alone to us, and they never will. And that's why it is so disturbing and upsetting to see entire media outlets in this here country uh, literally push out propaganda and lies that are the chosen messages of the freaking Kremlin over our airwaves. And that is what's going on. Here's just 96 seconds of Tucker Carlson, side by side with Vladimir Putin. See if you can pick out the similar language. Siding with Putin, who's siding with Putin? I haven't seen anybody do that. The U.S. started the war, and we used force in order to stop it. If there is any single American who deserves scorn and, yes, blame for the invasion of Ukraine, it would be Joe Biden. The Ukrainian people have become hostages of their Western masters. Ukraine is not a democracy. It's a client state of the Biden administration. The U.S. were training on the future theater of military actions by owning biological laboratories in Ukraine. Military biological programs are under development in Ukraine, financed by the U.S. (laughs) defense ministry. Western countries were setting military bases on our border. The Russians don't want American missiles on their border. They don't want a hostile government (laughs) next door. NATO took specific actions, expansions to our borders. Getting Ukraine to join NATO was the key to inciting war with Russia. The elites of the West are not hiding their goals. They are trying to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia. The Biden administration wanted all along a regime change war against Russia. The initiators of the sanctions are punishing themselves. So it's not Vladimir Putin who's getting punished, it's American citizens. It's you. The West provoked the growth of prices in their own countries, collapse of energy sector. Gas prices are already the highest they have ever been in history. So the price of natural gas and the price of electricity and food and everything else you buy. I think we should probably take the side of, of, of Russia uh, uh, if we have to choose between Russia and Ukraine. That is my view. We're on Putin's side. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that was 96 seconds too many. I was just like the 96 seconds of your life you will never get back ever. This is why, uh, you know, uh, people watch Fox News so you don't have to. But I mean, it's just, it's so unbelievable to me that, that this is exactly almost word for word, syllable for syllable, uh, the, the English translation of uh, Putin's Russian, uh, you know, address to his Russian, uh, you know, cohorts. I've never, I've never in my life seen such a... Uh, 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 disloyal, ugly American uh, broadcast across it. Well, only on radio. I never saw it on TV before, but on radio I did. On radio I did. But I, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable that they are, and, and I want you to remember this little detail, okay? I just, just remember this little detail. You know when um, Russia was interfering in 2016, one of the goals they had was to get the sanctions that Barack Obama had put on Vladimir Putin removed. Remember that? Uh, Now they're telling you, oh, the sanctions that are on Russia, you know, which we doubled and tripled and quadrupled after he invaded Ukraine, uh, they're hurting us, not him. 
I mean, you know, this was the entire reason for Michael Flynn to be invited to that, uh, you know, uh, Putin dinner uh, was to like weaponize Michael Flynn and to get the, uh, you know, to, to make sure that Donald Trump won so that Putin could get the sanctions taken off of Russia by virtue of having a friendly president, Donald J. Trump. So I don't understand how this is, uh, you know, something that uh, the conservatives really want to, uh, you know, perpetuate this lie. I, do they think that we're dumb? Uh, do they think that we're all as stupid as some of their viewers? I don't know. But, uh, you know, listen, Russian lie, Russia lied. They, there was no, uh, they said yesterday that that drone it it, it it somehow um, was mismanaged and it somehow crashed and it was something wrong with the drone and they had nothing to do with it and they don't know what we're talking about. And then they said, oh, well, maybe we had something to do with it because you flew too close to our borders. You know what the border they're talking about is, right? It's Crimea. And as, as far as I'm Concerned? I don't know what to say. Uh, Crimea is part of Ukraine. Now, Russia invaded it and annexed it, and they think in their, you know, warlike minds that Crimea belongs to Putin. But, you know, Ukraine doesn't think so. Ukraine thinks that Ukraine is part of Ukraine. You know, crazy. But that's what he said. They're, they're, well, you flew too close to Russia. No, no, we didn't fly too close to you. We got nowhere near Russia. Uh, We were in the Black Sea over international waters near Ukraine. Near Ukraine. God, they're liars. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. Anticipation in Amarillo building for weeks as a case in this Texas courthouse could restrict access nationwide to the abortion pill, the most commonly used method for terminating pregnancies in the country. A conservative judge appointed by President Trump could soon decide whether to issue a preliminary injunction blocking access to Mifeprex, generically known as Mifeprestone. The FDA approved it as part of a two-drug abortion regimen in 2000. Both sides had two hours to present their arguments, the judge peppering attorneys with detailed questions. Now, today was the first public hearing in the case, the judge delaying adding it to the public docket to avoid a, quote, circus-like atmosphere. The note inspiring one group of demonstrators. I remember before Roe v. Wade, and now I'm looking at it all over again. I value life. I think it's extremely precious. The plaintiffs are challenging the FDA's approval of the drug, arguing the agency didn't adequately evaluate its safety and endangered women further when they made the drug available via telemedicine during the pandemic. The FDA says the claims in the lawsuit are unsupported by any evidence and said in court today that a ruling in the plaintiff's favor would amount to unprecedented action and would cause significant public harm. Since its approval in 2000, the FDA says more than 5 million women have taken mifeprestone, with 28 deaths associated with the drug. What happens here today will be felt by all Americans, no matter what your feelings are on abortion. A ruling that could radiate nationwide. 
I mean, this is just bizarre world that we got this one guy, this one judge in Amarillo, Texas, in the freaking Texas panhandle, who was hand-selected for this exact purpose by the conservative operators who are embedding and uh, just, you know, burrowing their way into our legal system in order to take rights away from Americans. I mean, this is such an undermining of everything that we think we're, 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 we're entitled to as Americans, every single, you know, I mean, and, and you know what's really ironic is that this judge was saying, you know, uh, we don't want to uh, advertise that we're going to have a hearing yesterday, right? He didn't want to tell anybody that he was having a hearing on Wednesday uh, because he wanted privacy. He wanted privacy. He was afraid of the protests. So here's a judge who values privacy for himself, but not for me. I mean, it's just like, wow, it's crazy. It's like uh, if Donald Trump, uh, you know, actually uh, sued Ron DeSantis for ethics violations. Oh, what? Wait, that happened? Yes, that ha- Can you believe that? So Donald Trump has now sued um, Ron DeSantis f- for ethics vi- violations, which is like, it's like a trash compactor filing a noise complaint against a chainsaw. I mean, it's like, it's like a judge in Amarillo saying, I'm entitled to privacy as I take away the rights of women, uh, and the right that I'm taking away is privacy rights. I, it's just, it's so circuit. It's only something conservatives could do. And of course, what do they want? What do they want, everybody? What do you think they want? What are they going for here? Right. Chaos. That's what they want. They want chaos. So if you have a, a, a district court judge for the panhandle of Texas saying that the, the Mifepristone is now, uh, you know, not FDA approved because, I don't know, he, he decides to set some precedent and say uh, that he's going to curb the use or he's going to restrict the use or he's going to say it's not FDA approved, whatever it is he, he rules, okay? It's going to create massive chaos across this nation, across this nation, because doctors won't know whether they can prescribe it and women won't know whether they need to stockpile it. And you know, nobody's going to know what's legal, what's in bounds, what's uh, illegal, what's out of bounds. No one's going to know. And that's the whole point. So here's my best advice to you. Uh, if you are of childbearing age or you love someone who's of childbearing age. So that includes a lot of old men. <laughs> yeah. Cause old men tend to like girls who are still in childbearing age. Okay. Just saying. So if you uh, are one of those, if you're a person who can have children, who can become pregnant, or you love somebody who can have children and become, what I would suggest is order mifepristone and uh, misopristol, which is the two drug regimen, and stockpile it freaking now. Hoard it. Like we did with Cipro when we all thought we were getting anthraxed. Okay, that is something only uh, only someone my age would remember. Anybody remember the anthrax attacks? Anybody remember stockpiling Cipro? Yeah. Well, now you need to stockpile Mifepristone and Misopristol. Seriously. And then we can, uh, you know, have an underground railroad of, uh, you know, women coming to us because we were smart enough to, you know, hoard it. Hoard your bread. We're all going to die because we were smart enough to hoard it and we can help women, uh, you know, accomplish at 10 weeks or less, emptying their uteri 
of of cells that are you know just uh, splitting, and they don't want them to split any further. I mean, this is just so unbelievable. So obviously, uh, last night there was a deep dive into how this man became the man, how this Judge Kazmarek or whatever his uh, Polish name is, how he became the guy who sits and uh, decides that he can control every part of a woman's reproductive life. How did this happen? He was handpicked, and they shop around for this guy. Everybody that 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 wants to have a conservative issue decided, they now find a reason to have it land in Texas. They find a reason to have it land in Amarillo, Texas. They find a reason to have it land in the Panhandle of Texas, and uh, they're very good at doing that. And and this is what uh, conservatives have been doing with the legal system ever since Citizens United. Okay, ever since they understood that using the law to get rid of dark money was something they didn't like. They wanted to use the law to put the dark money in. They wanted to use the law to say, you can buy yourself a senator, you could buy yourself a house member, you can buy yourself a president, and now you can buy a Supreme Court justice. Come on, everybody, get in, give us money. I mean, literally. And now this is what we have. We have a politicized judiciary. We don't have a judiciary that's free or fair or non-religious or, 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 or secular. No, we have religious zealots who are handpicked by religious legal groups, Christian legal groups, to do what they imagine God would do to a woman. Even though, you know, I can find several instances of abortion in the Bible. Okay. Then President Donald Trump's first nominated Kaczmarek to the federal bench in September of 2017. Democrats, understandably, staunchly opposed his confirmation and managed to hold it off for nearly two years. They argued that he was unfit for the role based on his anti-LGBTQ <laughs> and anti-abortion beliefs. He's perfect. Not only are his views on non-discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity concerning, I am also very alarmed by his rec record as a fervent crusader against women's reproductive rights and for the far-right position that someone else's ideology is more important than a woman's ability to make her own personal medical decisions. He's perfect. He hates the same people we hate for biblical reasons that we can't account for because Jesus said nothing about homosexuality. You understand that, right? And, um, you know, homosexuality was with us since before Jesus, and yet he said nothing about it. And connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. All right, everybody. It is the Free Speech TV Spring Pledge Drive. Please do give and give as much as you feel comfortable giving. But if you feel comfortable, give big. <laughs> okay. Uh, dial us up at 877-378-8669. There it is on your screen, 877-378-8669. Or just do it online at freespeech.org or text to 44321-44321, the letters FSTV, and we will send you a secure link. You can do a recurring uh, donation if you'd like, if you feel comfortable. Uh, if not, uh, you know, one time is great. But if you do recurring, just know that you can cancel it at any time. It's just not a thing that you have to worry about. So thank you very much for your support. I must tell you, uh, you know, we are in perilous times. Perilous. 
perilous. Rights are literally being snatched away, snatched away from people who seem very perfect to the conservative, religious, white nationalist crowd. And they are being handpicked, just plucked, plucked from uh, religion. I can't believe that there's such a thing as a religious law firm. A religious law firm. I mean, th- 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 these are oxymorons, okay? The law is man-made. It is the least God-made thing. The law in our country, statutes are created for men, by men, uh, to apply to men. It has nothing to do with the ethereal, spiritual, uh, you know, health of this person or that person or the the demise or the wishing or the, the, you know, the, 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 the smiting or the smoting or whatever it is. That is not why we have a nation of laws. It ha- and, and in fact, what's the first thing in our constitution? It says that we shall never establish a national religion. We will never do that. It's called the establishment clause. And it's there for a reason. And it's first for a reason. It's because that is what the revolution was fought over. It was fought over not being lorded over by the king's religion, the king of England. And that's why we, uh, you know, actually fought the British so we wouldn't have to be ruled by some biblical scriptural, uh, you know, scripture thing. We felt that we could write our own laws. We felt that we could, uh, you know, manage our own affairs. We felt that we could guarantee privacy. We felt that we could guarantee due process and not biblical process and and, and not uh, witch trials, okay? We thought, uh, you know, we were okay, and we were for the longest, and now they're just not happy. They want scriptural, uh, you know, uh, They and it's so funny because these are the same people that screamed about Sharia law, and the reason they hated Sharia law is because it was, uh, you know, presided over by the mullahs. It was an interpretation of what, uh, you know, they interpreted the Quran to mean for a living, breathing human being in the 21st century well that's what they're doing here i mean a nation of of statutes is not a nation of scripture and nobody's depriving you of reading or living scripture if that's what you feel comfortable with although i will say i doubt that they'll let you uh, you know uh, sacrifice a goat in your uh, apartment building i just don't think that's allowed but you know you could take it up with your uh, homeowners association i guess I'm telling you right now, if Tokyo poops on my floor one more time, I'm going to be sacrificing a cat. Oh, the cat. I'm tired of this. Tokyo, the cat. Right, right, right. Why? Why is Tokyo pooping on your floor? She's getting older and has <gasps> an attitude. And your 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 cat is um, incontinent. I got to figure this out. <laughs> the cat diapers. Anybody have cat diapers? Yeah, cat diapers. That you get to- yeah, I'll, I'll pay for them because I owe Brett an apology for yesterday anyway. So I will pay for cat diapers if they are so uh, available. Yeah, because I did knock all those calls off the air yesterday, Brett. I did. I look, I'm not here to look. Listen, I'm trying to I'm do trying something. I'm trying to do something online, uh, you know, something techy. And uh, I, I just it's, it's taking up too much of my thought process, too much of my time, uh, too much of my, you know, uh, focus, the tech stuff. Uh, I need a tech person. If uh, you're a tech person, reach out. I need a, a webmaster who knows how to do podcasting. So anyway, I'm um, just saying, so it's taken up so much of my time that I can't even concentrate on like explaining bank failures, <laughs> which is my appropriate role. So yesterday, uh, you know, I think that was Patty, Patty yeah. in Panama City. I think that was Patty Austin, the singer. 
I think that's who that was. Call anytime, Patty. It anytime. Was a, it so was an we apologize S. to Patty Austin. That was a hard S out of Patty. Whether it Sucker. was Patty Austin or it wasn't Patty Austin, let's apologize to Patty Austin. Patty, <laughs> Patty we apologize. And I apologize to Brett because Brett said she had said suckers and I said no because my mind is, uh, you know, elsewhere. And I did grab, go for the uh, dump button, which is over here by the phones, and I knocked everybody off. I feel like it's better to err on the side of caution with that stuff anyway. But the way that I'll make it up to you is I will buy you cat diapers. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I don't know if there are cat diapers. But anyway. I feel like they should have been included in Brother David's bag of kitsch that he. <laughs> yeah, he sent me a pot holder in the shape of a pot leaf, which was, uh, you know, very ironic, I have to say. But anyway, so uh, this is how we ended up with this particular hater of all things, uh, you know, fun. This, this, this judge who feels like uh, scripture is the way to go in American law, who came from a Christian legal, uh, a legal group. I mean, how do you have a, a firm, how do you have a law firm that's based in Christian scripture? How do you do that? I mean, the law is inherently uh, devious, okay? You know, every time I hear about Christian law firms, I think about that movie. I swear to God, I think about it all the time. Every time I talk about this topic, I think of The Devil's Advocate. I think of that movie where Keanu Reeves was uh, totally overacting and Shalise Theron was like amazing. It was the first time I ever saw her uh, as, a, as an actress and I was like, oh my God. And when, when I saw what she looked like in real life, I was like, wow, that looks nothing like the character she played. I mean, she changed, the. she was a shapeshifter, but uh, it was brilliant. But anyway, that movie is about, it's about the story of if the devil, swear to God, if the devil ever came back to earth and the devil wanted to have his way with us, what would he come back as? Now, yesterday we had some theories that, you know, uh, the Antichrist, uh, of course, would come back as Jesus himself. Okay, but this one's more practical and this one's actually occurring. If the devil came back in the devil's advocate, he would come back as a lawyer. Why? As a giant law firm lawyer, a giant owner of a massive law firm that was engaged in every single aspect of American life, from fighting for religious freedom, all the way to banking, okay? All the way, all the way to defending pedophiles, all the way. And that is what it seems like is happening right now. How do you have a Christian law firm? How is that a thing? That can't be a thing. It just, it can't be a thing. That's why Leonard Leo has got to be the evilest person on this planet. And he probably thinks he's, I don't know, okay, or imbued with the spirit of something. But I hate to tell him that the spirit of whatever you're imbued with is not a good spirit. This is not good. This is hating the most vulnerable in our culture, in our society, in our country, hating them, legislating against them, making them self, you know, uh, uh, like their lives aren't difficult enough. People who are different in any way, shape or form. Now, all of a sudden you want to like codify it in law that they are three fifths of a person or half of a person or a non-person or a persona non grata. Why? Why do you think that's what God wants? It's the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844.
If his arguments had won the day in court, a woman trying to get contraceptive care could face barriers thrown up at her by her employer or even by her pharmacy, all because someone else thinks that their beliefs matter more than a woman's own personal decisions about her own health care. Mm. Senator Patty Murray, who you saw there, and other opponents of Kaczmarek's nomination, also pointed to his writings in which he has described being transgender as a, quote, mental disorder, oh called God. homosexuality, quote, disordered, and said that sexual revolutionaries had made the unborn child and marriage secondary to erotic desires of liberated adults. <laughs> so just take a second. There's no, like, pretending here, right? We're well past umpire balls and strikes. We know exactly who this guy is and what he believes. Everyone does. Uh, across both sides, right? That's why they pushed to get him on the bench. Right. And Donald Trump persisted. He renominated Kaczmarek two more times. And Senate Republicans, again, led by Mitch McConnell, the whole Republican Party, this is not a MAGA thing, finally succeeded in confirming him in June of 2019. I mean, this guy, they, they, kept, they kept nominating him and he couldn't get confirmed. And they would nominate him again and they couldn't get confirmed. And why couldn't he get confirmed? Because he, he would say stupid things informed by his interpretation of biblical scripture about the most vulnerable people in our society being mentally deficient or that uh, erotic desires of liberated adults were somehow ruining this country. I could have swore I caught that on Cinemax after midnight. <laughs> yeah, night. what a great uh, erotic, erotic desires of liberated adults tonight on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, of course, they're liars about life is precious. They're liars. They're liars. They don't want to feed children. They don't want to clothe children. They don't want to shelter children. They don't want to uh, parent children. They, they want the government to parent children. Ron DeSantis, you know, you would think he had nothing better to do. Seriously. We have this five, th I don't know if you've heard about it, but you will, you will, because it's coming our way, everybody. We got this 5,000-mile blob of seaweed coming to the shores of Florida, coming to the shores of Caribbean countries, Florida, uh, just this blob of seaweed, okay? And Ron DeSantis is very, very busy suing the James L. Knight Center and the Hyatt Regency, seriously, because last year they hosted what was touring in 26 separate states Ru RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race had a Christmas production that was touring the United States, and it was scheduled to appear in 36 or 26 cities. You, you could check it out if it's that important to you. And it had an appearance at the James L. Knight Center here in uh, South Florida, and it said 18, uh, you know, people under 18 had to be accompanied by an adult kind of a thing, right? And uh, he sued the Hyatt Regency to get their liquor license revoked because he doesn't think that parents can bring their kids to RuPaul's Drag Race Christmas show. So you are now co-parenting with the government. 
You are not, I mean, all this talk about parental rights and one lady from Moms for Liberty gets to ban the bluest eye by Toni Morrison. One lady from Moms for Liberty gets to ban the storyteller. One lady from, uh, you know, uh, 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 Moms for Liberty gets to decide that what's appropriate for, uh, what, what is inappropriate for your children. Uh, and, and one governor is going to get to decide whether or not you can bring your child to a Christmas show that is put on by RuPaul contestants, by RuPaul Drag Race uh, contestants, whether that's appropriate for your child under the age of 18 or not. You have no, no say in it anymore. Only, only Ron DeSantis. Don't you, don't you have, like, with all this hot air that you're blowing... Why don't you just blow away the blob of seaweed? Get it done. Get it. Go. 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 Fix it. Cause our tourists, uh, you know, uh, tourists aren't going to want to come to a beach full of blobs of seaweed. I mean, it's so disgusting. This is so disgraceful. And and, and the idea that they're 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 preying on on people's uh, spiritual lives to to get votes for their restrictive, uh, you know, uh, uh, behaviors, things that are okay in Florida, things that are not okay in Florida, uh, ways to be that are okay, ways to be that are not okay with the government, ways to be, ways to live, ways to love, ways to marry, all, all, all now decided by, uh, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis and his ilk, all decided by Judge Kasmarek in, in Amarillo, Texas, for the entire country. You know, this, this is really sick and twisted but this is what they're doing it's what they're doing this is this is a hand-picked vessel for the religious right to hear cases ken paxton is he is will somebody please put him on trial i know he's been indicted for securities fraud why don't they ever try this man like i said there's a lot of systems of justice for them and only one for us (laughs) and that's it but uh yeah so there, 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 there is a courthouse like within walking distance from Ken Paxton's office, but Ken Paxton doesn't file cases in his uh, near near his uh, Austin office, where the capital of Texas is, where Ken Paxton goes to work every day. No, he gets in his car and he drives eight hours to Amarillo in the Panhandle, in the northern portion of Texas, to file there. Well, why would he do that? Why would he drive from Austin? all the way to the panhandle of Florida. Why? Because he's got a hand-picked judge there. He's got Kaczmarek, and that's where he wants this case to be decided, whatever his issue is, right? So he's a federal district judge, and he takes up his lifetime post in Amarillo, right. up in the Texas panhandle. Right. And there's hundreds of federal district judges, so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't seem like the biggest deal in the world, except, except, except. Uh-huh. That... So that Northern District, he is the only federal district judge there in Amarillo, okay? <laughs> and that brings us to why this case today is in Amarillo at all. Right. It turns out that if you are a party in a lawsuit who wants a hard right-wing outcome, particularly on these kinds of issues, mm. all you got to do is find some plausible reason to bring it to Judge Kaczmarek in the Northern District of Texas. Find some way to file it in Amarillo. In fact, the Republican Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, has done this several times. Ken Paxton's office is right there. It's in downtown Austin. Oh, I love a so map. So close to the Austin Federal Courthouse that he could stroll over there in less than 20 minutes hmm. to file motions. But when Ken Paxton really needs the right outcome, he doesn't go there. No. 
Instead, he goes all the way up to Amarillo, a nearly eight-hour drive northwest of Austin to file his suit specifically in Judge Kaczmarek's district where he knows Judge Kaczmarek will hear it. Don't you love a map? <laughs> it explains so much. But that's what's going on. They're, they're literally handpicking which judge they want to hear hard right-wing, ideological, religiously-based viewpoints that they want perpetuated and, and codified in law. And they're getting in their car, and they're driving all the way to Amarillo to file the case. Talk about judge shopping. I mean, I've heard of venue shopping before, and it used to be something, you know, to be uh, ethically uh, challenged, to be uh, something that was just not above board, something that you could lose your law license for doing, something that you should be disbarred for doing. And now it's standard operating practice just to marginalize women, just to take away the rights of uh, gay people to marry, just to take away the rights of immigrants to file asylum claims, just, just, just to have their spiritual view of human flotsam and jetsam codified into law. And I swear to God, this is not about the precious life of children because we all know the, the amount of love that they show for the fetus is exactly proportionate to the amount of hatred they have for the infant. And what do I mean by that? They don't wanna feed the infant, okay? Once you're born, you better bootstrap your way into food stamps or meals or, or what, because there was a debate, in, there's a debate across this country right now uh, about whether or not food stamps, food stamps, should be available for hungry children, whether or not free lunch in school should be a thing, whether or not breakfast in school should be a thing. They are literally the Republicans, in, uh, I'll give you a number, in one state, in Minnesota, okay, in Minnesota, 26 Republican state senators, 26, voted against free school lunch for hungry children, or actually for all children so that no one would be ostracized or made to feel shame about needing a free lunch. They just said, let's just do free lunch. Let's contract with, you know, a caterer or what, you know, that, that provides a school. And, and let's, uh, you know, give free. 26 Republicans said, absolutely not. I've never met. One actually said out loud, I never met a hungry child. I never did. Mary had a little we believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. From radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Rhodes Show. Turn up your mind. All right, I'm going to show you this. This is real. This uh, actually happened. This is uh, State Senator Steve Drozgowski. Uh, this is the Minnesota Senate. Uh, and this was a debate about whether or not the Republicans uh, wanted to join the Democrats in Minnesota in passing legislation that would provide the school breakfast and lunch for all students. All students. This is the direction that this party in control is leading us. It's the wrong direction. 
It's a one-size-fits-all, government dictates to the people of Minnesota with their money in using it to do things to them that don't need to happen. Feed Mr. President, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that is hungry. <laughs> yet today. I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that says they don't have access to enough food to eat. Now, I should say that hunger is a relative term, Mr. President. Oh, my God. You know, I had a cereal bar for breakfast. I guess I'm hungry now. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm my God. I'm sure he searched his country club high and low for a hungry person. He just was unable to. I'm sure he searched. 8% of his uh, particular district are living in poverty. Almost, that's almost 10% of all the people he represents. And he's never met a hungry uh, person in the state of Minnesota. He just never has... Uh, and uh, he doesn't know where he would even look. Okay, he, here is the Democrat, Heather Gustafson, uh, who is defending the facts and the need for this bill. Right now, as we sit here in the Senate chamber, an estimated 274,886 students are on free and reduced meals in Minnesota. <laughs> Roughly one in six children are food insecure. That oh means God. they don't know where or when their next meal will be available if they get one at all. Moving beyond students in this category, Minnesota Department of Education estimates that around 18.5% of students likely qualify for free reduced meals, but are not getting free and reduced price meals for a variety of reasons. The most likely reason is that they haven't completed the form to prove they qualify. The form. Besides the healthy meals and giving money back to families, feeding kids at school is the right thing to do. Being hungry makes learning almost impossible. There is no worksheet or assignment, test or project that will matter to a student who hasn't had anything to eat. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is the debate. This is the Republican debate. Okay, so have uh, forced birth, give birth, put them in the world, and then we won't feed them. We don't care. We won't feed them. We won't talk to them. We won't meet them. We don't know them. They don't exist for us. They don't exist for us. Uh, when the Democrats point out that there are 274,886, that is pretty exacting a number, uh, of children who get free lunch as a result of being poor enough to qualify and having filled out the forms, the Republicans will stand up and denounce or deny that they exist because life is precious. This is such bullcrap, and it always has been. It is always love the fetus, hate the child. Why the fetus? Because it's not, it's, it, it's, it's ethereal, it's nebulous. It's not, a, it's not a real thing for people to have to take care of, okay? It's not a real thing that they have to, you know, uh, uh, appropriate money for. So you can be for the fetus without any cost to you, but you can't be for the child without any cost to you, which is why we deny that there are hungry children in Minnesota. And 26 Republicans voted against providing free lunch for hungry children in Minnesota. Uh, ben Shapiro, who really needs to be uh, smoted or smited, whatever it is uh, that uh, you know the, Bibli the, the Bible would provide for, um, he said that uh, hungry children shouldn't get school lunch because it's not expensive 
to feed a child. Now, Ben Shapiro, I believe's company is worth about $150 million. <laughs> yeah. If government can protect kids from the sick radical left, shouldn't they also protect kids from hunger? Wouldn't it make sense to strengthen food stamps and have school lunch be free since some kids are in school lunch debt? Uh, well, I mean, if you are a parent, school lunches are not going to solve the problem of child hunger at any serious level. Oh. If, if there is a problem of children actually starving, that is a child endangerment scenario in which CPS needs to be called. Uh, <laughs> if you're talking about like, actual child starvation, the truth is it does not take that much money to feed a child. I know I have three of them. Uh, the, you should be feeding your child before you feed yourself. It's that simple. There's a much deeper problem at work than school lunches if kids are legitimately starving. <clears throat> Um, he really needs to be smited. He really does. Something, 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, otherworldly, uh, you know, needs to actually uh, go and do whatever something otherworldly does to evil people because that is evil. That is pure, pure evil. There is no question. I, you know, he's equating hunger with starvation. Well, you know, unless and until they're starving to death, uh, Ben Shapiro doesn't think that there's any role for government to play. Uh, he thinks that children should be in school. They should be hungry all day long. Okay, because just like his counterpart in the Minnesota uh, Senate, uh, you know, he had a, a granola bar for breakfast. So, of course, it's lunchtime and now he's hungry. And so why should the state feed him? because he's hungry uh, they're making the same evaluation here about children who are in school who are hungry well they're not starving to death because if they were starving to death that would be a child protective services issue and therefore there is no need to feed <laughs> poor children but life is precious you know no food for you but life is precious no food for you no 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 breakfast for you no lunch for you they voted against uh you know any 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 aid to hungry children because those children aren't in dire straits because they're not starving because they're not wiping flies out of their eyes i mean they're not going to be happening until we look like uh, you know a, a, a tv commercial for feed the children they're, they're not going to be happy until the united states of america is included in those fundraisers around the world to feed the poor starving children of the united states and now it's a federal thing. It's it's actually federal. So it's not just Minnesota now. It's not just Tennessee now. It's not just Ben Shapiro and his white supremacist crowd. No. Now it's actually a national thing. Now, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to show you videos of people lined up at food pantries in this here country. Uh, it, it is just, it, it, it is a sin, but it is true that it happens here in this country much 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 more often than anybody wants to pay attention to that people are driving to food pantries and hoping that there's still food left in the food pantry when they arrive so that they can go home and take two heads of cabbage and a bag of potatoes with them swear that's happening i don't know how many videos i have to show you of that happening but now you have a a, a south dakota uh, uh, t uh, uh representative uh, dusty johnson who introduced legislation to not ban but uh you know pretty much ban food snap benefits food stamps for anybody over the age of between the ages because we have work requirements in, in in snap i don't know how many people understand that we do have work requirements if you're going to get uh you know uh, snap benefits you if you're under the age of 50 you have to work at least 20 hours a week or we will let you starve we will america has no problem with it 
But now they want to increase the work requirement for people up to the age of 65. Anybody who isn't 66 yet, get to work. Go work or no food for you. Now, it's 2% of the, of the budget of the United States that we're talking about here. And I don't know how many people can't work because they're in screaming agony or because they are suffering from some illness, chronic or acute, or they are uh, suffering from addiction or mental illness, or they're otherwise struggling with children at home. I don't know. But you better get your ass to work or no food for you. That's the Republicans. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. A top story tonight impacts students all across the state. State lawmakers are a step closer to making free school lunch a reality. Chief political reporter John Croman joins us now live to bring us up to speed. Well, the Senate passed the school mills bill, free school mills, which means mills. they're going to pay school districts across the state to provide free lunches and breakfasts to all students, regardless of income. Did he just say, I mean, this is a reporter. He just said, uh, instead of meals, he said mills, free, mil free mills and breakfasts, breakfasts and buy some laundry products. I mean, it's like a... Uh, uh, I've never, I've ne okay, it's local TV in Minnesota. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, it's it's school mills that are the issue and breakfasts that we need to get out. It's something that people in the hunger relief uh, organizations and in legal aid have been working for now for decades. Decades. I've been working on it for 17 years. So the, to, to me, it's just a wonderful day. For Colleen Moriarty of Hunger Solutions, Universal School Meals is part of solving hunger in Minnesota and ending shaming over lunch bills. The really the best way to do it is to provide universal lunch. No special tickets, no special codes. Everybody gets in line. Everybody gets a lunch. Even after anti-shaming laws were passed, districts across the state continued to send ominous warnings to families about failure to pay, according to Jessica Webster of the Legal Services Advocacy Project. In 14 years, we've passed a couple of laws around shaming, but schools are not set up to do this. Schools are set up, school lunchrooms are set up like a business. There's not a lot of nuance. They don't know how to handle when a child shows up and doesn't have money for lunch. As a teacher, I've had countless students come into my classroom. They're looking for food and not just for themselves, but for their siblings as well. DFL Senator Heather Gustafson of Badness Heights was the lead author of the bill, which will cost the state $200 million per year. There is no worksheet or assignment, test or project that will matter to a student who hasn't had anything to eat. I don't know about you, Mr. President, but this is not what I heard from any of my constituents as I was out campaigning this last year when it came to education. Republicans <laughs> who voted against it argued that the districts should be allowed to decide on their own how to spend this money. Yum. The resounding message I got from my district is this is a solution looking for a problem that does not exist because the schools in my community have already solved all of the needs that this bill is purporting to do. There are no hungry kids. There are none. There just aren't any. That's, a, that's, that's my take on it, and nobody's going to make me feed a child. Nobody. Do you see that mac and cheese? Didn't that look good? It did. I can smell the cafeteria right freaking now. 
I used to love cafeteria food. And by the way, I just want to say, after listening to that report, I feel like that reporter's breakfasts include a couple of mimosas. <laughs> and the lunch, a couple martinis. Yeah. I used to love school lunch. I mean, I don't know if anybody else can relate. That pizza, you just pull that pizza with the pepperoni, the cheese off first, kill yeah. that, and get into the bread. <laughs> You know, Howard still uh, craves his uh, school lunch meatloaf, which apparently mine is very similar to. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for the, uh, you know, uh, population at large. But he loves my meatloaf because he said it reminds him of his school cafeteria meatloaf. But I killed my school lunch, too. I used to just, I mean, I love school lunch. I freaking loved it. Sloppy Joe's, slop, sloppy Joe's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the mac and cheese. And, you know, it's just, it was, and I love my carton of milk. I just, I lo- when it was ice cold like that, <sighs> built strong bones and healthy teeth. <laughs> All right, Maria, New Mexico. Hello. 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 I just wanted to uh, give you an observation. I spent a lot of time uh, supervising children in school lunches. Oh, and, I, were uh, you the you lunch know, lady? No, no, oh. no. Uh, I, I was a, uh, I worked in the school system, but I found so many of the students, the kids, uh, would throw the food away. I mean, so much of it lands in the, in the trash can. And uh, you know, I'm not saying some kids aren't hungry, yeah. but uh, I do find that that so many of the children uh, did uh, throw the food away, and, and you know, they're not allowed to buy soda or candy or anything until lunch is, is over and uh they'd go straight pick it up and uh toss it in the trash and run to the uh to the soda machine well wouldn't you rather uh, err on the side of uh, they don't want the lunch than to need the lunch well i i i, I say feed people who are hungry i'm, I'm not uh right. you know, but uh like I said, I'm just giving you an observation. No, I mean, you know, he, uh, listen, uh, I, I hate to say it, but if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I throw a lot of food away, too, and it's it's terrible, but I do. Do you? Do I throw a lot of food? I try not to. So but do you? Do I throw, I throw some food away. I course, do, too. Yeah. I but, do, but, too, but and I, I hate that I do it, but I do it. And if I'm being completely honest... Then I have to tell you that I would rather see, uh, you know, a, a waste uh, of food, even though that's wasteful, than I would, you know, see a kid uh, go hungry. I, I would much rather see us make a mistake on the side of, you know, providing too much than uh, watching somebody need a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and not have access to it. Well, no, I, I would say, you know, hey, there's uh, if you're hungry, there's some... Uh these things here come come through, but uh, you know you're saying you, you provide uh, school lunches for everybody. Yeah, for everybody, uh, and that I way, mom, I, I and that way you don't have to bring your lunch. Yeah, or you can buy your lunch. No, you know? no there more buying people, lunch. A lot of people who can buy lunch. No, nobody buys lunch. That's what they're saying. They're saying that you don't yeah. have to buy yeah, lunch. You don't. It's fear. not. It's not right, something right. you have to come out of pocket for. Yeah, but I, I just I just hate to see, you know, the, the whole box of milk being tossed in the trash and everything. Just, uh, you know, uh, so, but anyway, that's all I had to okay. say. Okay, all right, uh, thank, thank you. Uh, there's lots of stuff rotting in fields, and uh, I hate to say it because, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's not good, but I throw lots of food away. I hate that I do it, but I do it. 
So by her logic, if, if Timmy comes like to Like right sc- now. I, I'll do, okay, go ahead. I was just saying, if Timmy comes to school hungry, she's going to tell Timmy, no free lunch for you because we just saw Bobby throw half his sandwich away. Sorry. Right. 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 And that, you know, like a few bucks out of the state budget uh, for children is too much because some kid might not like their lunch today. I mean, listen, I hate to tell you that, you know, uh, food rots in the field every single day. And, uh, you know, like right now in my refrigerator, okay, right now. On the weekends, I make the big things, you know, like the things that take some time to make. Like um, a lasagna or a mac and cheese from scratch, okay? And right now in my refrigerator, there are both. I don't know why I made both, but I did. Now, I don't eat carbs, And there are two people in my house, but I make those to last all week. So Howard has lunch while I'm here toiling away and serving you, right? He's not going to finish both. Something's going in the garbage. Now, I would love to think that I could just bring it to work and put it in the kitchen and people would graze freely and eat it. But that's not going to happen because it's just me and Brett, okay? So it's going in the trash. Connect to speak to Randy. Call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. All right, free speech. I can't even talk anymore. Free speech TV pledge drive, uh, spring pledge drive, everybody. Uh, you know, we only have one more day this week and then next week and we're done. That is the number to call if you would like to help Free Speech TV in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Stay on the air and uh, continue to distribute our shows. It takes about 16 employees to get this thing out to DirecTV 348 or Dish Network 9415, Apple TV, Roku, and all the other places. Sling TV that you depend on every day. You turn on the TV and there it is. Uh, It takes human beings to actually disseminate all of our shows. We come to them from all across the country. We come to them from Portland, Oregon. We come to them from California. I'm over here on uh, on the other side. I'm in Florida, right? We're all over the country, and they take our shows and distribute them in a nice, seamless manner so that you don't even know they're there. (laughs) But they are. (coughs) They actually exist. So... Uh, Please do make a donation at freespeech.org if you can, or text FSTV to 44321, and we will send you a secure link. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate you. All right, uh, Josie in North Carolina. Hello, Randy. First of all, about the uh, people in Minnesota, Yeah. uh, if you feed children, you also feed their minds. And, oh, my goodness, they might grow up to be thinking adults. And we sure can't have that now, can we? No, and we can't let them read. We only trust the teachers with guns, not with books. <laughs> no, no, no. So also about that little man in Amarillo, and I do appreciate your pronunciation. Huh. Um, he is the ultimate capitalist. And what are capitalist goals? Control of the means of production. And what is, yes, I love that. And what is the ultimate means of production, Randy? All right, my uterus. You and me. Yeah. You and me. You're right. You're right. That's brilliant. Thank you. Uh, so, you're, bye-bye, and I love you. Thank you. It's equal. Mel in California. 
Well, uh, that's a good segue because <clears throat> I was going to say I've been taught that natural law is supreme and do not challenge natural law because you cannot, you will not prevail. And the natural law I'm talking about right now is that women are the creators. Yeah, you really and shouldn't it, mess it, with Mother Nature or the forces of exactly, nature because exactly. you will atone. You will. You will be so yes. freaking sorry. Yes. Now, now, I wanted to run this by you. Now, I thought in our system of jurisprudence, one, it, one had to have standing in order to bring a case. Mm -hmm. So who's going to bring the case for the fetus? I think it's the mother. <laughs> Correct. Um, I, I don't think that the uh, that that the mother has um, the, that the fetus has any standing in a court. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to go there, do you? Because if you start doing no, that, no, no. then we, they start with the personhood crap, and then we're murderers uh, from the moment of conception. Oh, thank you. That that's what another, another thing I wanted to mention. I, I was going to hold off, but you see. They're right. It's a human, but it's not a being. Because in order to be a being, you have to be able to poop, pee, or puke on something other than yourself. Listen, I, 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 this, is, this is not a conversation I really want to have with you, uh, to tell you the truth. I'm sorry. No, I mean, honestly. There, there is, you know, there, what we're talking about here is, 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 is a woman's right to her own person. A woman's right to her own medical decisions without the government being in the room. I mean, this is how we operated for the last 50 years, and now we're going to have to sit here and, and re-debate everything about when life begins. Listen, if you wanted to do the biblical version of when life begins, then go ahead, because according to Genesis, it's not until God breathes life into your face, okay? Right. It's the first right. breath. So everything they're saying about when does life begin, it's all been debated over and well, over ad nauseum. I'm so sick of it. One more question. I'm so tired of it. And this idea that we're yeah. going to go back 50 years, uh, what the hell, man? He, 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 here's what I wanted to finish then with is that we've seen this before. I think it wasn't in Ireland that they... They, they made it legal. Abortion, abortion is legal in, in Ireland. That's right. And Why? That's what I'm saying is that it's going to be inevitable. I hope. I hope. Uh, Catherine in Baltimore. Hi, Randy. Hi. Um, I just, I just wanted. I was just reading um, something about um, a Jewish organization is suing Indiana um, because of their um, abortion law and it being Christian, whatever. And I'm just wondering if or. Uh, because I'm not sure, but it doesn't seem to be. I'm wondering why the ADL and the ACLU uh, haven't um, either filed an amicus brief or been. Oh, I'm sure they have. Uh, I'm sure there's amicus briefs in in that case. I'm sure that they've filed. You know uh, that that it's you know uh, the the Jewish organizations are really upset. That this is, uh, you know, starting to become a a, a Christian-only nation because Jews, you know, don't hold the same view as Christians about what is and what is not, uh, you know, biblically uh, allowed with regard to a woman's reproductive life. Jews believe that we have the right to autonomy in our own person. And, and so do um, Islam also believes that the, the mother is, her life is more important than the fetus. And so I'm wondering about this guy, you know, in, in Texas that has this uh, 
you know, uh, decision to make on the um, uh, abortion pills, um, why we haven't heard more. Why, you know, the Democrats... Because he hasn't you know, ruled yet, that's why. I mean, once he rules, you're going to hear nothing but whatever it is that he rules. Everybody's going to have, you know, uh, their say. Everybody's going to, you know, be outraged, I tell you, outraged uh, at whatever he, he finds, you know. So, and and knowing what judges do... I hate to use this term, but split the baby is what judges do, okay? It's very uh, biblical, but, uh, you know, it's the, the, the Solomon thing. And so my feeling is what he's going to do is, you know, he was handpicked to, you know, uh, ban yeah. ban this uh, method, uh, to ban, uh, you know, uh, a 10-week or... By the or, Federal Society. Yeah, I'm obviously. But I still think he's going to be a lily-livered coward and he is going to split the baby. He's going to say, all right, you know what? You can't get the prescription by mail anymore, but you can go to the doctor and get it. I, I really believe that's what he'll do. But the doctor in Texas isn't even allowed to prescribe it. Right, but remember, whatever he decides is a national holding. It's going to be, it affects the entire nation's ability to get Mifepristone. Obviously, you can't get Mifepristone in Texas right now because... All, you know, I mean, your your friends, you know, you got a guy who, yeah. it, you know that yeah. story, right? Uh, and that guy's never going to get laid again, by the way. He might get rich, but he's <laughs> not going to ever get laid again. And speaking but of I'm that, wondering. and speaking of that, so here's a little thought for you, okay? If it's God's intention that I give birth to a rapist baby in Texas, then why isn't it God's will that your penis is limp? You see, it must be, and therefore Viagra must be illegal too. Because you're augmenting God's will when you take the Viagra because he made your penis limp. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. I really think one of the main problems we have politically in this country is that evidently somewhere around half of the population is completely incapable of caring about a thing if it doesn't affect them personally. We all know people vote based on what's best for them and their communities, and that's fine, but it seems for a huge chunk of the populace, the second unspoken part of that philosophy is also screw other communities. And I don't get that part. I don't get why it has to be binary, you know, but then I started thinking about it in sports terms. Like others have pointed out, these people with their hats and their shirts and their flags and their signs and they're unintelligible screaming they're kind of like sports fanatics and i think there's something to that they do seem to process things in a similar fashion because in sports hatred for the other team is celebrated right and it does seem like their attitude is my team should be number one my team should be winning and the only way that works is for other teams to lose and it's like yeah in sports but like not with the minimum wage though and they just cannot put themselves in other people's shoes i don't mean they won't i mean it seems like they can't Like you tell them, you know, things are pretty bad for blank right now. And they're just like, well, I'm not blank. And you want to go with the obvious follow-up. No, I know. But like, what if you were, though? How would you feel then? And dude, asking these people that question is like asking a Labradoodle to solve for X. Like, they lack the foundational building blocks to even begin to understand what you're trying to say to them. And the only way that ever changes is if they do somehow experience this stuff firsthand. You know, like somebody's hated gays their whole life, but now their daughter's cutting her hair short and getting really into softball, and all of a sudden they're coming around. And I'm glad that ever happens, but A... 
for some of them, even that doesn't do the trick. And B, it's a damn shame it takes something like that in the first place to make them care. You know, it's like, because it takes something huge, like a gay child, because any of life's relatively lesser hardships, they have the opposite effect on these people. Experiencing those hardships just makes them want to ensure that everyone else experiences them too, or else <laughs> it's not fair. Right? They're like, I worked in a restaurant, made $9 an hour. They want 15, ain't right. I paid my student loans off. They want it for free. Not fair. Like, I'm surprised during the gay marriage debate, we didn't see people out here just like, oh, gays think they should be able to get married even though Sheila left me with nothing. <laughs> it's such a brazenly selfish argument to make in public, and they do it with a straight face. And not only that, but they clearly think that we just haven't considered their perspective. They're just like, you really okay? You really okay with more of your hard-earned tax dollars paying for somebody else's health care? You really okay with paying nine to 11 cents more for a cheeseburger just so they get a livable wage? And it's like, yeah, man, I am. <laughs> and further, I don't know how to express to you how disturbing it is to me that you are not. Like, <laughs> man, that's the whole thing. Trey Crowder, everybody, Trey Crowder. He is so funny, and by the way, because chance. he's so he just stays in truth okay oh. there's there's no bull crap you know uh to get a laugh it's it's just whatever i've always i've always felt like the only thing that is funny it can only be funny if it's true right otherwise it's you know bull crap and and, and it's not fun his stand-up is amazing i don't know where he's playing right now i'm not as you know, agent. But if if you find out that he's playing live oh, anywhere and, and near you, you, you can, should you check. You could go it to his out. website. I think it's called Well Red R E D. Well Red, uh, and he has his whole tour schedule uh, usually right there. There you go. But uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, I'm telling you, I have text messages with him that are just because I went to his show and I wouldn't go backstage. <laughs> he was, forget it. It's dirty. It's filthy. It's filthy. But uh, he goes, no, no, you need to come backstage. And I go, oh, my God, I just wasted 20 minutes with this uh, security guard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, uh, but he's right. He's right. People literally think that, uh, you know, the social compact is equal to sports because they have red hats and T-shirts or because they wear, you know, MAGA gear. That's their team, right? And it's only good if the other team loses even though the other team and your team make up this country, <laughs> this whole America. But you can't root for the whole America. You, this, is, this is what the Republicans really, really wanted to do. And this is why Donald Trump made hats. And this is why Donald Trump made shirts. This is why. So that he could pick people off of, the, of Team America and put people on Team Trump. Because America had to lose in order for Team Trump to win. And that's the simple sad fact of having team politics. It's only good if one side loses, right? So uh, obviously the side that loses is America. And I, I keep hearing clicking, you know, it's like noise and it, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, Asania, Michigan. Hi, Randy. Hello. Hi, teacher. How are you? Good. Just to let you know that, hey, we're still around. We're still listening. Thank God. <laughs> uh, thank you. No, we're still here. We're still listening every day. And hello to the chat on Facebook. Randy, I want to share two stories with you, if you allow me. Okay. You know, uh, during COVID, you know, I drive the school bus for 19 years. During COVID, APS, like my, my district, we didn't drive. 
but they give us the option to go around and distribute the food. Like we'll go to a school parking lot, parents can get those school food, like the, the lunch for the kids. Right. Me, at first, I'm like, well, this is America. Nobody going to come get this food. This is going to be wasted. When we park in there, there were so many parents with kids who come get the school food, the school lunch, that I was surprised. Sometimes we ran out of food to a point that we start ordering more. Okay? Now, the second one this year, I start teaching. I'm an ESL, let's say ESL parapro. I teach for the students who came from overseas, like the migrant kids uh, and the refugee kids. That's what I'm doing this year. So I do both jobs. I drive in the morning until 8 o'clock, go to my class, 8 to 2, and drive until 5. That's amazing. The, That's amazing. The, the district, yeah, the district thinks that well, I'm like the qualified guy who can help the student. And I love what I'm doing because I deal with kids who are mostly, who came from war zone. Yeah. Bendy. They come to lunch every time in my classroom. And you have to see how these kids from overseas, Syria, I mean, name it, Iraq, Mexico, whatever country, Africa too. They'll come. They'll bring the lunch. I mean, I just watch these kids. Then they eat it. The stuff that they don't want, they don't even want to throw it. By God, some of them will say, Mr. Sam, can I throw this? I'm like, yeah. They're scared to throw it on the garbage. Most of the time, it's like the, the, the vegetable, like uh, broccoli. I mean, they don't like that stuff, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, they put it on my desk because they don't want to throw it. Oh. Maybe maybe American students will throw food. Yes, sometimes you walk the whole way. You see somebody. Yes, throw American or, or students will throw the they, food away. There's no yes, question. Yes, they will do that. And really, another thing also, and by God, once again, this year, I filed my taxes. My wife is like, maybe you should uh, at the amount of money you spend for the student, the snacks. Every two weeks, I spend at least, I'm not even supposed to say this, because I do it just for to get payment from God. I hope God is not going to, no. I hope God will pay me for this, you know? You should give in the right with the right hand, the left hand should not, should not know. My wife like, why don't you just claim that? Because you already spent at least, since the beginning of the school year, like $1,200. I'm like, no, I don't have to. You know, this school food helps. Yes, sometimes they throw food, Yes. Sometimes the kids just throw food. I'm just normal. I throw food sometimes. I do and too. I don't I'm not going to lie. You know? I'm not going to sit yes. here and lie and say every morsel of food that I purchase at the grocery store is purposely, uh, you know, uh, uh, cooked or eaten or repurposed. For No, I throw food away. I do. And we have a little saying in my house. Okay, this is real American. This is really disgusting. But mm-hmm. when in doubt, throw it out. Okay? Right. That's right. what we do. Right? Yeah. Right. So. I mean, it's just like my first year here. You know, I was a camp counselor for the YMCA. My first day at camp, they invited the, the staff. We have a big dinner. At the end, you're like, okay, how about the, the, the international staff? Let's go help the kitchen. Randy, the leftover was so much. Yeah. By God. They told me and my friend who's from Senegal, okay, can you guys just put throw this food on the dumpster? Like on the, I'm like, man, I'm not throwing all this food. And I start thinking about how many people I can give this food in Africa. I you know? know, I know. But we throw it. This is America. You know, sometimes you throw food. It's okay. I mean, I, I, I come to that realization that sometimes you have to throw it because you cannot save it forever. Asani, you know, and it happens. It sucks, That's right. but it happens. It does. It happens. Right. But these kids, they need those school food. They, they do. And they I, you know, it. it's like this expression that has to do with guns that all the gun people really, really get. They process right. this where right. they say it's better to have a gun and not need it than to need a gun and not have no, it. Not. Now, well, why they do they understand that to, uh, you know, be applicable to their lives, but they can't say it's better to have a meal and not need it than it is That's to right. not have a meal and need it? 
Why can't they process that? I don't understand. But like you say, maybe they want want them to start showing the TV like those kids in Africa or help the children. Maybe that's what they want. I don't know what they want, but it just doesn't make any sense to argue that we throw food away. Therefore, there's no need for food. She got under a people's skin. She did. The lady from New Mexico. Yeah, people uh, started dialing, honey, as soon as uh, you hung up. They didn't like your attitude. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that you trusted me with uh, your thoughts. Just saying. But you have to appreciate that people are going to disagree with you when you put it out there. Because I put it out there every freaking day. And you got to take what comes. <laughs> <laughs>